How's it going, everybody? Welcome to our third episode of our Epic Youth Podcast, where we talk about faith, we talk about culture and life. We're so excited to be able to have this episode because we got some special guests. we also got a special interview we're going to be doing for 30 for Freedom. Um, and by the way, you can click the links in the description box where you can find uh, the register for 30 for Freedom. We have like over 90-something people registered uh, for 30 for Freedom. So how excited are you guys ready for 30 for Freedom? Absolutely I'm, pumped. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. It's going to be hopefully We're an official fresh. chapter this year. Hopefully it's not hot out and oh, we don't Jesus sweat name. to death. And we'll sweat. There'll be some sweatage. Yeah. Hopefully not to death, but I think we'll be <laughs> <sweating>. <laughs> For those yes. of you that don't know. I'll run the water Manny. station. Yeah, I'm, yep, Manny. Yeah, Manny, well, way. more than your name, say hello. Introduce hello. yourself. What's your role hello. on the team? Uh, what is, I, I set up the cameras for this podcast. Yeah, you did. As far as I'm aware. Uh, at the church, I'm the young adults pastor and creative director, so just get to have fun with We are super excited to have him on yeah. our third ever podcast. We, Me and Manny have got some great stories of what it was like to get through COVID and recording videos and creating online content, don't we? Just getting through ministry. <laughs> when, yeah. My favorite story, quick, is when we went to Sam's Club, Oh, we bought... Well, we tried to buy like $800. This wasn't worth, during COVID, by the way. $800 worth of stuff for, for the, the cafe. cafe. Kicking the year off, getting yep. the cafe stocked. And then we go to swipe the credit card and decline. <laughs> yep. Try it again. Declined. It was. So then we call Melissa, your mom. mom, who's amazing. <laughs> Shut up, mom. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, it's maxed out because of VBS. And we're like, VBS. <laughs> so, so here we are. We're like, well, well it was fun to come to St. Cloud together, guys. Uh, Came back, went back two weeks later and. I think we spent less money. Though. Yes, we oh, did. That's but hilarious. it's and we're buying it for like six months at a time. But yeah. anyways, thirty for freedoms coming up August thirteenth and fourteenth. Um, and I decided what great way to be able to tell the story of thirty for freedom than having Brent Silky himself, the man, the myth, the legend that's still Gosh. alive and just a beast. Um, him sharing. He's not his that story. old. He's just over thirty. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, true. Here like, we go. He's like thirty three. Anyways, ran several Ironmans, marathons. Yes, mm-hmm. he has. He's just fantastic. But anyways, you guys enjoy this. Watch this segment with me interviewing Brent Silkey about 30 for Freedom. Here we are, everybody. I am so excited to be able to have Pastor Brent Silkey with us. Uh, today on this episode as we talk about influence and really what influence has. Um, and so I just want to welcome Pastor Brent Silky, man. It's so good to see you. Uh, love you, bro. It has been so good to be able to just to really, we started off as kind of youth pastors together and kind of in our district here in Minnesota. Um, and it's just been fun to be able just to come alongside and do ministry together with you. And um, so, yeah, I appreciate you being willing to uh, be here uh, today. Um, but let's just jump right in, man. Let's talk about 30 for freedom. You've helped me lose a lot of weight, Brent. You really have. <laughs> so yeah, yeah let's talk about 30 for freedom. Just kind of tell me, tell me how it started. Yeah. Yeah. It started with a holy discontent, Pastor Aaron. Thanks for all your, all your kind words and uh, love teaming up, love losing weight together. Come on, right? <laughs> yes. uh, but bigger than that, just this idea, um, hearing about kids who are trafficked, hearing about the situations that they're in um, and how like they don't have any ability or freedom to choose anything in their life when they're being trafficked. 
And one way I heard it put by my friend Caleb Monson, who's he works on the front lines fighting tra sex trafficking. Love Caleb, we support him monthly. Love. Yes. We actually got him coming out. Uh, you really on the thirteenth as our kind of our carb night. He's going to be coming out. Yeah, we love wow. Caleb. Dude, he's legit, man. But he he came to our Chi Alpha in St. Paul, and he said. Imagine, think of all the decisions you make in a day. What am I going to wear? Am I going to have coffee? Am I going to have cream in my coffee? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? He said, if you're trafficking, if you're a trafficking victim, you don't get to decide any of that. You don't get to decide what you wear. You don't get to decide what the quota is for your day. You don't get to decide if you eat or not for that day. And so when I heard about trafficking for the first time, I was, I was wrecked. I was like, we have to do something about this evil, this heinous evil. Yeah. And so um, this idea to run 30 miles on my 30th birthday, I'd read an ultra marathon book by Dean Carnassus, the ultra marathon man. And he ran 30 miles on his 30th birthday. And I was like, man, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be cool to do that. But to do it for a cause. Mm. And then he, thinking about trafficking and every 30 seconds, someone becomes a victim, the average age being 12 to 13 years old and thinking, well, could we raise $30,000? Could we run 30 miles? Could we invite 30 people to be a part of this thing? And that's kind of where the, the dream began to, to germinate and become a thing when I um, just started calling people and texting people and saying, hey, would you be willing to run with me on my birthday, my 30th birthday? Hmm. And uh, everyone said the same thing. They're like, no, <laughs> like 30 <laughs> miles. That's too far, man. What are you talking about? And then I would tell them why I tell them some of the some of the stats and share some of the heartbreak and heartache with them. And uh, we had 123 people show up on that first 30 for freedom run 75 people that did a 5k and then 48 that were crazy enough to do the full 30. And so, you know, our goal was to raise $30,000 and the, what God did, he's immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine. He was, it was over $81,000 that came in that day. Come on. And so we just, yeah, it just, it, it's been this thing where there's been this growing awareness of sex trafficking, but I think people feel this disconnect of what can I do? What, how can I make a difference for a victim in or a survivor? Right. And so people say, hey, I can lace up my shoes. I can run. I can walk. I can bike. I can hike. I can do a 5K, 10K half marathon or full 30-mile ultra marathon, raising awareness through social media, raising awareness you know, with the people that you meet, and then raising funds to make a difference. Um, that's kind of the, the heartbeat of 30 for Freedom. I love it. You know, I love the idea of what you've done, man, where you take you got this God idea that really he's, I mean, it's one of those things where he's dropped that into your spirit and you've taken responsibility for the idea because influence truly the result of it is some type of impact that happens, you know, and we build influence by building relationships and trust with people. And I just love to be able to hear about, and maybe you can share a couple of stories. Let's hear a little bit about just kind of the impact that it's had in individuals lives. Uh, mm -hmm. I know you've shared some of those stories, even as you bring up Caleb, I think we just had a team that went down to Las Vegas um, and worked with Free International and Caleb um, and working with trying to, you know, go in the massage parlors and all that kind of stuff, but um, and trying to just minister to the girls. Um, but let's talk about maybe some of the things that you have, the stories you've heard um, and those types of things where you have actually seen that physical impact take place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think this this hits close to home, this this whole topic. Mm. Um, there was a girl I went to high school with who reached out to me on social media and she said, hey, I see the work you're doing. She said, I just want you to know when I was in college at St. Kate's, she said I fell into some stuff that I shouldn't have fallen into. And her her story is that she one day woke up um, and she was being uh, brought to the southern part of the United States to be trafficked. 
-hmm. And for several weeks, she was trapped out of a hotel room. Um, just a nightmare situation, like a wake up from this bad dream kind of thing. And so it was crazy because Pastor Aaron, we went to the same high school. We had the same teachers. You know what I mean? Like we walked the same halls mm -hmm. and I'm like, this, this isn't just happening overseas in developing right. nations. This is happening everywhere, including where I grew up. And so I hear that story. I hear a story this last weekend, I was preaching at a church in Princeton and um, a man came up to me and said that when his daughter was 14, she was abducted and trafficked. And it just, I hear these stories. I hear about the, the, just the, the brokenness of this, all of this stuff with trafficking. And I'm like, we got to do something. And so when I hear the, on the other side, when I hear about a rescue that takes place in Las Vegas in February, and I hear about a 15 year old girl rescued out of a hotel room. Um, and she comes down and she's looking at all these people that came in the middle of a pandemic to Las Vegas to search for these 30 missing people. Mm. And she says, are they all here looking for me? And, you know, the Free International Worker said, yeah, of course, we're all here looking for you. She said, I didn't think anybody was looking for me. It's those are the reasons that we do what we do. That's why we, right, we lace up our shoes and run 30 miles on a hot day so that people like that 15 year old girl can be safe, can be rescued, can be, you know, receiving the aftercare that, that they need, um, you know, to be, to get back into a place of, of normalcy. And if, if that's even possible kind of a thing. And so I hear stories like that. I hear about um, one of, one of the craziest things um, over in Nepal, right? There's a caste system mm -hmm. and in the lowest caste is called the Dalit people. And then there's 30 subgroups in the lowest caste and the lowest people group in the lowest caste are called the body people, B-A-D-I. And they are nicknamed by people in Nepal as the trafficked people. And so one of the entities we support, Venture, they are working with the body people. They're doing amazing work. And I think about my friend Hannah, who, um, you know, she experienced some pretty traumatic things, but her sister was trafficked out of her village. And, you know, um, they estimate based on the number of years that she was trafficked and the number of, you know, your quota for the day that probably some like 20,000, um, you know, trafficking transactions happened with her sister alone and the multiple children her sister has and how Hannah was able to then, um, the guy that trafficked her sister was from the village and how Hannah got to somehow lead him to Christ and how that man has his life has been totally radically changed by Jesus that he is now the pastor in that village where he used to traffic people. He's now the pastor of that village. And I think the village is somewhere around 600 people. And I want to say it's like three or 400 of them have become followers of Christ because of the impact of Hannah, you know? And so as we, you know, we've had her in to talk to our Kai Alpha when she's been in the country, but just the impact that can happen when one person like Hannah, her influence, it literally changed her entire village. And it, it's not only physically changing things for like rescue, but it's eternally changing things through yes. the salvation of Christ. And so I hear those things and I'm like, this is why we do what we do. This is why we run, raise, rescue and restore um, to it. do all these things and be a part of it. So, man, and if you're watching this right now, you this is why we're doing 30 for Freedom coming up on August 14th right here Wilmer's an official chapter that really started last year with everything that happened with COVID and um, you know so we're just excited we got over 100 and something people involved with it already and signed up um, so we're looking forward to it and you know I don't know if I got this from you and I probably did uh, but you know I love how there is as we do this run for 30 for freedom it's there's purpose behind your pain um, mm. and I think you've even shared this before is our pain after this run or during this run, we know there's an end to it. 
yeah these young people that are involved in human trafficking they may not see they don't know there's an end they don't see an end in sight um and so i just i just think it's good to remind people why we do what we do and anytime we i feel we could put our faith into action uh and with for example running or doing different things for like speed the light or whatever i think it's huge because the process along the journey is where i really feel like the lord does the work in our lives and then to be able to know uh that what we're doing and the funds of where they're going to be able to hear stories about a hannah and this young girl in las vegas that you're all looking for me and it's like yeah because you matter um, yeah. And so any last thoughts, man, you wanted to share with those that are being part of this episode when it comes to just the power of influence, because, man, you're influencing, Brent, uh, what that small idea that or I should say something that seemed like a small, crazy idea for your 30th birthday now is impacting. I want to say there's like over a thousand people involved uh, in 30 for Freedom this year. Um, yeah. So thoughts you want to leave with and just, man, again, just being able to share these stories, it's just really, really puts into perspective why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think the the funny thing, uh, Pastor Aaron, is that this was only supposed to ever be a one day event. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like real talk, like it was supposed to be a one day event, 30th birthday, 30 miles, 30 people, 30,000, because every 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't you know, it, it basically the, the way that God like did things is that then people were like, Hey, we got to do this again next year and bring more people. And so we've seen it grow over the last six years in a crazy way. Uh, we have 11 or we have 1,141 people registered right now today at the time of the recording of this podcast. And um, just, I never dreamed, never dreamed it could be like this. And as I look back, you know, we're looking at right now, the current right now, up to date number lifetime of 30 for freedom funds raises $940,000. And uh, we have some amazing and generous sponsors who have contributed yeah. this year. And if all of our expenses are covered by our sponsors, there's another $38,000 that can be given from registration dollars, wow. um, which, you know, we're getting really close to the million dollar mark. It's not about that, but it's, it's a really, it's a, you know, something that we want to celebrate and just say, Hey, yeah, this is a sure. community that we've raised awareness. We've raised funds. And just one thing for people on the podcast to know, um, not, all of us in 30 for Freedom are volunteers. Like it's a volunteer led movement. No one gets paid a salary mm -hmm. so that we can say, hey, every donation goes 100% to the cause through the front lines. Yeah. And so um, just important for me to, to communicate that to people. And um, who are you supporting? Where do the funds go? They go to Venture this year and Free International. And yep. so we're partnering with Speed the Lights to make that happen so that people can be rescued, people can be prevented from being trafficked, and people can be. Uh, find the restoration that comes through the counseling and the aftercare services for survivors. So uh, that's what that's where it's at. As far as influence goes, I think the greatest influence you can have in the kingdom of God is by following him in obedience. So, and I think sometimes it's like, oh man, but God, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to call all these people. Are they going to want to run? And they didn't, right? But this idea of just taking a step of obedience. So if you're a youth, if you're a young adult listening to this podcast and God's put a, dr a dream or a vision on your heart and you're, you're afraid to take a step, just take a step of obedience because that's where God shows off. That's where God does things that are immeasurably more than we could ever do on our own, that we could ever ask for or imagine. And that's what I believe. Um, it's not about us. It's about his influence. It's about his kingdom and his glory. So um, that's what I would just leave with our podcast listeners today. And, you know, just to wrap up there, I've said this for years, you know, we can control our obedience, but we can't control 
the results of our obedience. That's in the Lord's hand, but we got to take that first step. And I just want to say, Brent, thank you so much, man, for taking that step, uh, for stepping out, uh, not giving up in those beginning days. Um, And then also the stress of now, how am I going to manage this real movement that's taking place uh, with all volunteers and still trying to do your own Chi Alpha ministry and being a dad and, and, and a husband. So like, Thank you so much, man, because it's helped impact me personally, uh, but then also what it's kind of carried over uh, into the influence of so many students, uh, you know, that are being a part of this now. So thank you so much, man. I love you, bro. So proud of you. Um, And yeah, just look forward to uh, getting back out on the road with you, man. Love you, bro. Love you, man. All right. See you. And it really shows what we are doing with 30 for Freedom is a movement. And to hear the stories about the young lady named Hannah and the things that have happened uh, when we hear about the story of those that were then Vegas with that 15-year-old girl, just absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact that 30 for Freedom is having and just, you know, influence is what we're talking about today. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but just the heaviness of what we're really doing. With 30 for freedom really yeah. combating darkness um and so but hey let's let's kind of go a little different direction uh, so here we go i'm thinking let's do this get to know manny a little bit we already we already know Aaron a little bit he's been on a few so sorry <laughs> don't have to apologize <laughs> um we're looking we're looking at two dads here guys so i yes. would like to get your best dad joke or dad situation that you find yourself in Oh, oh man, I can, I've got a. I'm not as good with the dad jokes as I am. Where I've realized, wow, I have become my dad because I'm using the same L-O-L. phrases. I like, just can't keep it together with dad jokes. Like <laughs> I lose it; they're way too good. My my thing is, is Zane will just open the fridge, and then he'll just leave it open. And so, <laughs> what am I doing? Dad moment. Close the fridge. We don't need to cool the house down. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's is true. Def- that's one of those dad moments. You got one of your dad jokes? Uh, is let me it clean? Let's make sure it's appropriate for the audience. Um, I'm struggling right here. I just, you're fil- you filtered me, so I don't know. <laughs> yes, we have to keep this appropriate. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't have any off the top of my head, but. I've really had I've had one of those moments where Zane likes to leave the, the back door just wide open. Oh, yeah. In January. All the time. Yeah. It's All the time. Close the door. We're not trying to heat up the whole neighborhood, right? There's I, a dad moment. Yeah. I, my favorite dad moment is when we were eating dinner and Lyndon finishes and he runs outside and he comes back and I'm like, what, what'd you do? And he's like, I just had to go pee. <laughs> it's like, okay. His dog, his dog, his son pees like a dog where he goes outside, yeah. finds a good tree and just goes, I wish your neighbor, which by the way, I would never, I'm not going to show you the photo, guys, but I have a nice picture of Zane standing in the back. And it was one of those dad moments where, you know, Hannah's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is hilarious. And I'm pull out the phone and take the picture. Yeah. Uh, those are definitely those uh, those dad moments. But Specific dad moments. Uh, you just slowly get all these great stories about your kids and excited to blackmail them with them. It's great sermon content. It's so good. <laughs> I do have a thing that I do with Zane, though, because at least at this point, because he's only eight, 
I'll pay him 20 bucks if he lets me share a story. So he right now, he loves, Dad, you want, <laughs> you want me to come on stage? Do you want to share a story about me? You know, he loves it because yeah. he gets per paid. service yeah. or is it? No. No. Definitely not. Just a one-time deal? Just one day. It's a one day. Yeah. Because, uh, yes, anyways. But, uh, well, that's about all I got for Dad jokes i mean i've got other stuff i can say but it's more know. of a lifestyle than a joke okay <laughs> okay <laughs> let's be real here i'm definitely not the dad though that wears like the tube socks and the jean shorts you no. do have sh- that one pair of nike shoes that emily oh, was on staff on. with wow. us she says they're his dad new balance shoes i'll s- we should they're see if we can find a picture of them but they aren't that bad but they definitely <laughs> They are Nike Pop Air the Max, up right now. Paper Max yeah. shoes, okay? And they do not look like <laughs> do hey. not look like dad shoes. But Both. we all know what dad shoes are, though. Comment oh, below. Yeah. Comment below if they're dad shoes or not. If you made Here it this far, go. let us know. Let us know if you think they're dad shoes or not. Come on. I don't have them all. I don't even know what you're talking about. You've seen them. You're going to. I'm sure I have. You're, I'll agree. They're probably yeah. dad shoes. <laughs> Just because your shoe game is so strong everywhere else. I, I do love. That is true. I do love shoes. Um. But speaking of shoes, you know, shoes, the reason why there's this Instagram account that I call that I follow called Preachers and Preachers and Sneakers. I won't ever make it. You've tried to get <laughs> me on there. We have tried to get me on there, but my shoes are not as expensive as these celebrities that wear those shoes or those preacher celebrities that have like thousand dollar shoes. I, I do think not they have caught us. They caught us lying because you had like H&M shoes and we <laughs> yes. said they were Louis Vuitton <laughs> and they were 30 bucks, you know. So anyways, but speaking of. Those guys had talking about influence. Obviously, we get influenced by the things that we that culture says is cool and mm-hmm. things that we enjoy mm-hmm. uh, watching or wearing or purchasing or whatever. What would you say are some influences in your life mm-hmm. that you guys have had just kind of maybe throughout your life? And let's try to let's do this. I mean, I hate to say this in like in a negative way, but we can't use mom and dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed. Yeah. Oh. So let's, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because people often do that, which is fine, yeah. which is great. Influence in my life, I would say negative influences because I did not enjoy it. Volleyball coaches. <laughs> wow. Ouch. If you're a volleyball yeah. coach. Well, I love the sport, but I quit. <laughs> <laughs> negative influence. Not I'll because of the sport, coach. because of how they led you. Because of how they led me, yeah. Negative influence. I think I was the negative influence. So <laughs> I definitely was a negative influence <laughs> in high school. I had a lot of positive. I had uh, some band teachers in high school that were like, please tell me you played the flute. I played the trumpet. <laughs> Even better. Even better. <laughs> but they uh, they always told me that I was talented, but I didn't apply myself. So they really pushed me in application aspect of instruments. So. It didn't always work, but it's cool that you can look back and be like, "Oh, I didn't apply myself." They pushed <laughs> me to apply myself. So I tried. How, how would you guys describe what is influence? I mean, we use these terminologies of like, "Don't allow your peer, you know, negative peer pressure and influence and all that kind of stuff." But what is it? I would say it's something that's causing you to change your behavior. So whether that is positive or negative, it's just changing your behavior. Okay, what do you think, man? We think influences and just how it. Yeah. Uh, I would think of something that leads you somewhere, negative or positive, yeah. that you may not necessarily be aware of. Mm-hmm. It's like okay. something that's influencing you, you may not know exactly at that time, but it's pushing you in a direction. Yep. yep. And the thing is, is 
let's be clear, influence can be positive and negative. And we yeah. all know history and like Mussolini and Hitler and all these tyrants and all that kind of stuff. Like they influence a lot of people in a yeah. negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and to realize the power of influence, because how you utilize that influence can mm-hmm. literally determine livelihood for people. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you get to certain levels. And I would probably say the thing for me is influence is impact. Because how is it impacting somebody? Um, how would you say someone gains influence? Oh, man. I don't know if there's... An, you automatically give certain people influence in your life. You is give it because they're so closer? You, do you think it's the people that are following that person that gives somebody influence? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, sometimes the people are good at gaining influence in your life. Like you think of... You think of Pastor Josh, who is like <laughs> the epitome of influence over time. Like he will shape and change things. Gentle he's like he's like the wind, relentlessly applied. He's like Love the it. wind or yeah. the river. Like he will just he'll get what he wants <laughs> or what he thinks is, yeah. is best over time in a positive way. By in the a way, positive way, yeah, 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 for sure. But I think uh, their ability to communicate mm. Mm, that's good gives them influence. You know, we've said this for years when it comes to working with our leaders and those on our team is in order to have influence, it takes relationship and trust because you build your relationship. It gains, we gain trust because people realize, you know, hey, we have a relationship with this person. They're for me. Mm-hmm. You gain their trust and therefore we're able to have influence. And that's what Jesus did, right? He came down. He didn't come down from heaven with here's my authority. He could have. Uh, I mean, he would have been right, but he came down to build relationship and yeah. it's relationship that got him to leave heaven uh, to come to earth and be among uh, his creation among us, um, you know. And so how do you guys think when it comes to trust and and the whole idea of trusting people and allowing them to have influence? um, Because there's influencers on Instagram, and we don't think people influence us. People influence us to the point where they can have your treasure (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like of all, what do you guys think about these influencers and how they just kind of the whole digital way that people are being influenced now? I think it's much more powerful than people think it is. Mm-hmm. So like we might not see the direct effect in like in Wilmer, but eventually like influencers, I think of like Kim Kardashian, eventually eventually a trend that started from somebody like that is a big influencer is going to work its way down. So mm-hmm. whether you see something and you're like, I've noticed this in myself where I'll be like, I would never wear mm-hmm. jeans with only one knee ripped or whatever, or something <laughs> like that. And then, you so know, specific. like six <laughs> yes. months later, I'm like, Oh, these are actually kind of cute. And then you buy those jeans. So it's something that and you, you get in the sponsored ads yeah, and all exactly. that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's something that you don't see like, the, at the source, you're not sure. like, oh, I'm going to do that. But I suppose that's what makes it influence is that it, it does change your behavior. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, when it comes to influencers or people that, you know, you're talking about relationship, people that you don't have that relationship with, their influence is short-lived. Because mm. you go from yep. one thing to the next thing. Whatever your next sponsored ad is, it's like that's that's what's going to be influencing me next. So it's very – without that trust – your influence is very short. Yeah. Whatever the next trend is, that's where you're going to go. And mm-hmm. you won't even remember. It's, it's this constant moving target. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I would say that for people to realize, like, that's why it's so important to have a community or a faith, uh, that inner circle of people 
that are able to recognize you're being influenced and you're going down this way when you should be here. It's that idea of helping people keep you accountable yeah. mm-hmm. um, on how you're living life. You know, I, like I said, relationships build trust. Trust gives people influence, but it's like, what does relationships look like? Yeah. You know, how right. do we have healthy relationships? And I've always like the idea is you have to speak their language what I mean by that is you have to be able to be on the same level to communicate with folks. Yeah. Right. Um, and then understanding what do they value? You know, like you have these, you build relationships with people and you surround yourself with people that value the same thing that you value. So yeah. if it's a mm-hmm. positive thing, then it's great. If it's a negative thing, you're going to be in to have that strong relationship and you're going to build trust with somebody that's given you a negative influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole idea of building a relationship too is give without expecting yeah. Give, give to people without expecting something in return. Yeah. Uh, because why are we talking about influence today is the main reason we're talking about influence today is because the whole purpose of the church is to influence the world with the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How well do you guys think the church is doing in this area? I think that varies from church to church. Well, I guess there's not like separate <laughs> churches in the body of Christ, but wow. I know what you mean. Like you can have those specific mega churches that have a large social media presence and it's easy to fall into the trap that you think, wow, they're doing more work for the kingdom Mm -hmm. than we are or than another smaller church building or organization is doing. So I think the church is doing a good job, but since the beginning of creation, the devil's been against the church. So it's hard for the individual, I think, to find that balance of like, oh, the church is doing good work without the devil like getting in your head and being like, no, you're not doing enough. Sure. Yep. What about you, Manny? Uh, I think that, I think we talked about this the other day, is that the church is having a hard time um, not becoming its own identity or its own subculture. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not really, like I'm not saying that we need to accept and be on all the trends and with everything that culture is going with. Um, but we need to at least be able to rub shoulders with non-believers and people who think differently than us to be able to influence them to turn around and go the way that we're going. And I think right now we're more focused on ourselves and, um, growing a church that's bigger, more attendee and and things like that. And so we miss the mark of raising or becoming, evangelists and and reaching the community and stuff so it's really difficult for us to to influence the community it's like what you were saying on sunday morning like a lot of the times churches get in their head that the their like their pressure is another church like their enemy Mm -hmm. or like who's coming against them it's like oh we have to be better than this church versus like what are they doing let's do it better together type of thing to influence one of the lines that i i I think I got it from somebody else uh, was talked about that us as a church, we tend to, f- you know, Jesus has this concept that we want to be fishers of men. We want to fish for people. We want to do things to reach out to them. And he made the comment uh, that the fact that sometimes we are fishing for fish that are already caught. And then all we're doing is paying attention to just those fish and entertaining them. But yet in the meantime, there's those in our worlds and or in our pool of influence that don't have a relationship with Jesus and all we're doing is fighting with one another. And what is that? The greatest tactic of any enemy is to cause division within a community. Mm -hmm. For sure. Not come from the outside, but come from within. And if he can do that, it begins to ripple effect. Uh, And that's just like an old, 
that's like an old school principle of warfare. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think it's influencing. How do you? Th- Let me ask you guys this because I've always felt we are personally responsible for the influence that we have mm-hmm. in, in, for our lives. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel. You know, someone can handle the responsibility of their influence. I think recognizing that they have responsibility. A lot of the times when, if I'm like talking to a friend and they're saying that they have something's going wrong and they're just talking about how something's going wrong, I like guide them to, or try to, don't always work, but like (laughs) try to have them address the problem. So like knowing what you're fighting against and like knowing what you're working with, so knowing you have influence, I think is a great place to start. So it's kind of like being just self-aware. Knowing the influence that self-awareness you self-awareness is huge. For <laughs> uh, I've tried to talk about that in leadership for so many years. Like self-awareness is huge. Realizing how your weaknesses, how you come across, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. good. Or realizing the influence you don't have, <laughs> and working towards it. And you need to. We we all have influence, but I guess the impact of that influence, yeah. the magnitude of it, mm-hmm. is really determined based upon probably how you're living your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I would say not getting caught up in the size of your influence. Like Ooh, you may good. not have six hundred followers on face on Instagram on Facebook. Facebook, yeah, Holy. no, no, dad joke. Yeah, <laughs> for real, Facebook. But if you have five people in your life that you're really close to, you have that opportunity to influence them. And it's not thousands or millions, but um, if you can draw them closer to God every day, then you need to use that. That's what Jesus did. Right? For sure. He spoke to the multitudes, but the ones that he used to create the movement of the church was through the 12 teenage disciples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he focused on those individuals and poured into them. And so, yeah, I would encourage students, uh, anybody that's watching when it comes to f- trying to have a kingdom impact is start with the circle you've got. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people disqualify themselves mm-hmm. really Very quickly. True. So when you say, like, whoever's watching, you have influence, like, it's... If I was watching this, just as somebody completely removed from this situation, I feel like I'd immediately check out there and be like, mm, well, I only have two friends. Like, ah, I don't have that influence. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's important to recognize that evangelism and using your influence is a very important principle and like a very important part of being a Christian and something to cultivate in yourself. Yeah, and I would say it's also... You, I think you touched on it, is like knowing where you have influence. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I cannot influence people in being more organized because I'm not an organized <laughs> person. I can't teach that. Yeah. But right. I could teach video stuff. Or I could teach mm-hmm. photography stuff. I could teach, you know, learning how to how to believe in God's faithfulness because that's what's true in my life. Yeah. yeah. It's what I've walked through. So just knowing where, where, where you you've know. been. Yeah. And I love how you said where you've been. I shared in our Next Gen meeting the other week uh, about out of Acts chapter 4, verse 13, where Peter and John had this moment where this guy got healed and the church folks got mad at him, threw him in jail and all this kind of stuff. And then in the verse, it talks about how it came a point where they were astonished mm-hmm. that these unschooled, ordinary men mm. were being used by God. And it even says that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So their greatest influence was that they had been with Jesus yeah. and the impact that overflowed from their life. Um, and so, yeah, 
spend time with Jesus, live in the way for the kingdom, and you will see your influence happen. People will see it. Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, so anyway, I don't want to start preaching here. So, um, but any last questions, closing thoughts, thing like, anything like that? We can kind of wrapping things up because I got to close with a couple announcements or something, you know. First of all, we have this new Shout out to Will. Beautiful table. Thanks, Will. Beautiful Probably table. Probably shouldn't bang on it, but it's, it's all good. a shame just to it use is. it. Is. Oh no, it's great. Uh, so next episode, hopefully, we'll have epic coasters. <laughs> <laughs> and then also follow us on all of our socials. Aaron mentioned at the beginning that we now have our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, any yep. any streaming service. We have our podcast on. So just search Epic YTH Facebook. should come up. <laughs> is it? No, have we? No, we'll it's definitely not. If you want to like find our profile on Facebook, you could. We post content there too, so. Also, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. There you Check go. out our new song. We've got some new singles. Yep. We're looking forward EP to it. Dropping this fall. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, love you guys. Uh, just excited to have those that have God been moving in middle school camp and high school camps yeah. currently going on. So we'd be praying uh, for our students that are at camp. So, hey, it's been a great time. Thank you for watching today. Thank you guys for coming. You, you guys. Hey, welcome. it was a pleasure. It's awesome. Glad to be here. <laughs> Free water. It's <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, hey, we love you guys, and uh, yeah, make sure you share this video, share all our content. We appreciate it. Love you.